Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. is the worst human being ever to walk the planet? Have you ever thought about it? I know. I'm sick. I've thought about it. Before we get to that, we're going to talk today about monsters living amongst us. We talk about history all the time, and we like to point back at this guy and this guy, and we're going to talk about another one today, but 
We don't realize they're still here. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why you are constantly, even when you don't realize it, you're constantly being sold oppression. Here's why you're oppressed. You're oppressed. You're a victim. Why they do that. There's a, there's a reason for it. And we're going to have to adjust your thinking and my thinking going forward as political people on the right. Got a couple of great guests, Michael Malice, coming up today, next hour. But first, the worst human being in history. If you ask people this, you'll get a variety of answers. You obviously get a lot of Hitler, and understandably so. It's not like somebody could tell you Hitler and you're like, oh, come on, he wasn't even that bad. That's a a perfectly acceptable answer, and this is all subjective. And do you you say worst person ever? Does it have to be a dictator responsible for the death of many, or can it be a, a, a serial killer? We did a show... A long time ago, on a guy many people say, more than one person has said is the most evil human being alive or ever lived. His name is Gil DeRay, and I forget exactly how to spell it, or I'd tell you I believe he was French if memory serves me, but he was a, a, a extremely rich guy who would take in and severely abuse and then murder young young boys all the time, lots of them. Lots of them. And I'm not going into that today, but there are many people who say, oh, that's that's got to be the worst human being. I'm sure God has a different answer than the one you and I will come up with, no doubt. Maybe he has the same. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, certainly. Don't kill me, Lord, please. At least let me finish the show, please. But I think about the question a lot. And... As you well know, I do a very direct show. We make, obviously, some jokes here, quite a few jokes now and then. (laughs) But I always have and always will do a show you can listen to with your kids. I love, believe it or not, as much of a jerk as I am, I love the emails you send me. Hey, we listen with my kids. I homeschool my kids. We listen. Hey, listen all the time with my kids. I love that. I will always do that kind of show. It will never turn into a show that you have to turn off with your children. And I, there are a lot of reasons for that. One of the main ones is, as a parent of kids, I am so sick of not being able to be entertained and also have it be something I can keep my sons watching. You know, I, I hate having to make that choice. I hate that all entertainment is stuff I have to turn off with my kids now. And so I don't want you to have to do it. That said, that was a gigantic disclaimer. That said, today's story is going to be ugly. I'm not making it ugly on purpose. You know I will do the best I can. It won't in any way be perverse or anything like that. But there is no way I can properly lay out for you the things this person did without giving it to you right between the eyes. Is this person worse than Gilderay? Worse than Hitler? I say he is. I say this is the worst person to ever walk the planet, in my own view. You sit back. 
listen to the story, you make your own conclusions. 1928, this person was born. He was born Salaf Sar. That was his name. You will know him better as the name he gave himself later on in life, Pol Pot. A lot of people have heard of Pol Pot. Some have not. I'm sure some of you are curious who he is. A lot of people have heard of him. And the ones who have heard of him tend to think of Pol Pot like like the B team on the murderous dictator list. You know, oh, you got Stalin and Hitler up here in Mao, and then there's, well, who is this junior varsity guy, Pol Pot? Uh, you might have to adjust your thinking on that junior varsity thing. He was born family wealthy. They were born on a farm, but it wasn't, uh, you know, a couple cows. They were born on the farm. He was born on the farm where people in that area came and worked. So he's born a wealthy guy. This is Cambodia. Cambodia at the time is a monarchy. But when I say monarchy, we've talked about it a thousand times on the show. Monarchies are not all the same. There are monarchies where the king is everything. You saw that a lot in the Ottoman Empire. He's the head of the country. He's the head of the military. He's the head of religion. He is the all-powerful God King. And then there are country, there are monarchies where the king is he's got a share. Here are lots of nobles. He's kind of weak. Maybe he has a Congress he has to share with. And this is a fairly weak kinged place at the time. It's not going to stay that way. Just hang on for a minute. His family, not only is he a fairly rich kid, his family's connected to the king. He routinely traveled to the king's palace. Pol Pot talked later on in life about his first experiences with women being with the king's harem. This is not a child growing up struggling to feed himself. He's in the best schools. He's living the life. And Cambodia, at this point in his, t- in his life, is still controlled by France. But remember this, just like all monarchies aren't the same, all the colonizations aren't the same. Some are brutally oppressive. oppressive. You remember last week when we did that show about how Belgium was abusing the people of Congo. France... I don't want to sugarcoat all of it because I'm sure plenty was ugly. France really did the colonization thing. I don't want to call it humanely because it wasn't my village being taken over. It wasn't my governor who was a puppet of France, so I didn't personally experience it. But looking at it from my point of view, it wasn't that bad. Remember Vietnam? Vietnam is supposedly beautiful still, not just the countryside but the architecture. Where do you think they got lots of that architecture? From when France was there. And France was doing the same kind of thing in Cambodia. It was the, the whole colonization thing is always give and take. Yes, I'm in charge. No question. I'm the, I'm the colonial power. You work for me. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, my guy running things in your place. If I need military support, if I want some of your natural resources, I'm going to take them. But it's a give and take. You want nice roads, running water, good schools? Here they are. 
You want us to build you up into a modern nation, modern infrastructure? Every nation wants that, right? Here you are. France also wanted, they wanted Cambodians to get higher education as well so Cambodians could take more ownership of their own country. Like I said, all all colonization is not the same. And Pol Pot gets to go to France, as many, many, many Cambodians did, on a full-ride scholarship. Come to Paris. Eat some croissants. I, I think, I'm pretty sure that's how they pronounce it there, Chris. <laughs> All right. Later on in the show, monsters living among us. And I'll continue this story. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, these things, these things are known to help alleviate things like joint pain. I woke up this morning, my right shoulder is killing me. Why? I have no earthly idea. Anxiety. You're having any of that, any of that anymore? I see the numbers. I know you do. Sleeplessness. I choose CBD. And I understand how difficult it is to know which CBD to choose from. I'm here in Texas. There is a new CBD store every 20 feet. Who can know? What, what's the good one? What's the bad one? How do you know? Well, Doctors Trusted CBD knows. They've been doing natural medicine for over two decades. They research the whole industry. They only sell the best on their website, like Be Best Organics. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. When you use the promo code JESSE, now through the holidays, you get 5% off and a free lip balm. Jesse Kelly returns next. Now, there's something about rich kids and college. Don't think that it's only today where rich kids go to college and learn to hate themselves and learn to hate wealth for some reason. And you learn to, it is a, it's an, it's an odd phenomenon, but it ain't a new one. It's not a new one. He goes to France, and quickly joins the Communist Party. Gets involved in communism. And this goes clear back to World War I. I'm not going to backtrack all that today. But remember, that was when the Russian Revolution happened. Russia went communist. At the same time, the French army in World War I, they were having major problems. They were having major problems. Socialist uprisings throughout the army. Whenever you have mass death, mass poverty, people are down, that's when it's easy to sell something as disgusting as communism, and that's going to come into play here just a little bit later in the show when I talk to you about selling you oppression and why they're doing it today. It's very difficult 
to sell somebody who has it all together communism. Easier to sell that to the oppressed. Back to my story. Starts getting involved in communism. And this is the point in time in the world where Mao is taking over China. Stalin, iron-fisted in the Soviet Union. Communism, ugly, horrible, murderous, no question about it. But it looks like at this time there was a lot of, especially for college kids, as if this is the next big thing. Oh, cool. Communism. Look at all these people who are doing it. Oh, that's cool. That's so neat. Look at what Mao's doing. He travels. He he begins to get really influential, Pol Pot does, travels to and meets with the communists in China and sees the things Mao was doing. You know, Mao, when he's executing 50 million people, 50 million people. And Pol Pot looks and he says, this is awesome. This This is how people should live. I want people in Cambodia to live like this too. We need to be a purer, better society, and we need to completely adjust ourselves. We are a society taken over by vice. You know what would be good for everyone? If everybody gave up all their private stuff and everyone owned everything and... We got these scumbags out of the cities and forced everybody to just go plant things. You don't have to own anything. Just go grow food. Then we'll all eat. You, as a a person who thinks, hear talk like that and you're horrified. But Cambodia is in a time of transition. and, And Pol Pot returns to Cambodia right now. And here's their transition. They are busy with some stuff. One, they're trying to throw out the king they currently have. Remember, I told you it's a weak king. Two, they're trying to throw out the French on top of throwing out the king they t- currently have. That's I'm really going to long story short it by saying the country is in absolute turmoil. Turmoil. Uh, no one knows which way is up. You do have cities, relatively modern cities. You have people in the countryside, but no one knows what's what. And because there's, we, we've never experienced this. Nobody alive today has experienced this in America. We may experience this in your lifetime, though, so pay attention. What you have is different people controlling different portions of the country in different factions a faction will be in charge. Let's say a faction's in charge of Florida, and then a totally separate faction is in charge of Alabama. And whoa, there's a faction up here completely different than them. They're running New York. That it would be that kind of thing. And faction means they are your government. They are the law. When the centralized government loses so much power that it gets dispersed like that, it can be really, really bad if you have a bunch of separate governments. Not like states, don't get me wrong, but it can be really, really bad. And on top of all this, something else pops up. Do me a favor really quickly if you're in a place to do so, because you probably don't have it pictured in your mind. Look up Cambodia on a map right now. Pull up your little map. Let's do our thing we do. 
What do you see right there to the right of Cambodia? That place look familiar at all? Just there east of Cambodia? Vietnam. Vietnam's sitting right there, and Vietnam starts to blow up. Now, the king who was in charge of Cambodia routinely allowed the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong to travel through on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, travel through Cambodia, park themselves in Cambodia, and Cambodia was supposedly this neutral power who was staying out of it. Well, we aren't stupid here in the United States of America, and we weren't going to allow that. So what we did was we bombed the living heck out of Cambodia during Vietnam. Do you know how many bombs we dropped on Cambodia? Let me put it to you this way. We dropped three times as many bombs in Cambodia and Vietnam as we did on Japan in World War II. We carpet bombed that place to get at their soldiers and for revenge. But... And this is from a carpet bombing fan. That's me. Even though I'm a bit of a non-interventionist anymore, when you have to go, you better go all the way. So I'm not anti-carpet bombing. I'm even not anti-bombing of cities, although you better understand everything that comes with it. Understand this, though. Even today, even with all our modern technology and satellites and lasers and fancy planes and you've seen all the movies and you know how it works, all, all that stuff today. You fly a gigantic bomber 20, 30,000 feet above the ground. Open up the bottom and drop a bunch of high explosives out of it at one time. You're going to hit some stuff you don't want to hit. You're going to hit a lot of it. We start killing civilians, lots of them in in Cambodia. That's a tough pill to swallow. And as you well know, I don't do this America sucks history. I never will. It's a wonderful country. But we do also always talk about reality here. We start killing a lot of Cambodians, innocent ones. That helps Pol Pot, who has been, he's been hiding in the jungle. He's a fascinating dude. Well, a monster, a fascinating dude. He's been hiding in the jungle as a school teacher slash leader of the communist movement in Cambodia. They call it the Khmer Rouge. It's K-H-M-E-R-R-O-U-G-E, the Khmer Rouge. They're the communist guys in Cambodia. He's in charge of them, and they're gaining steam and gaining steam and gaining steam, and the more Cambodia is getting bombed by the USA, the more people are going over to Pol Pot's communist movement, and finally, he decides on two things in life. One, it's time for him to take over Cambodia, and two, he really hates the Vietnamese. He blames Vietnam a lot for the suffering of his people. Blames them a lot. And he's about to do something about it. This is not going to be safe for everyone's ears. Hang on.
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The Timer Rouge. Khmer Rouge. I went to community college. The commies, Pol Pot and the commies, start seizing control of areas in Cambodia. This starts slowly, and they begin working their way up. This is 1972. He's doing this with the backing of China. China's behind him. China's pushing this communism thing. And What's incredible about Pol Pot and his commies is, and don't get me wrong, commies are always vicious because it's a religion of domination. Everywhere they go, they slaughter. Everywhere they go. But Pol Pot didn't even slowly work his way up to it. There are two things that are really, really weird about Pol Pot. One, right away, they would take control of an area, even if they were welcomed in by the locals. You know, ah, oh, we hate America. We hate the Cambodian king. Come on in. And right away, Pol Pot was such an idealist. He came in and said, oh, good. Thanks for welcoming me in here. Uh, all your private property has gone. Anyone who disagrees is going to die. Right away, people in these areas were all, whoa, this was a mistake. That's one. Two, Pol Pot didn't really seek fame at all, didn't want people to know he was in charge. At one point later in our story, Pol Pot's own family gets caught up in all his purges and all his oppression, and they didn't know he was the leader of the country when they got caught up in it. He's an odd cat. But he starts to wear black clothing, Entire sandals, remember, this is the rich kid, starts to dress like a peasant and immediately insists in every area he takes over, everybody dresses like the peasant. Everyone. We are we are a farmer people now. So not put that suit away. No, put on put on your black clothes, dress like a peasant. They begin to gain in power and gain in power and gain in power through and, and no small thanks. To Mao, that dirt ball for that. Mao was sending them weapons, sending them food. You know, the king was already weak. The French had been kicked out. The country was collapsing. They take over in 1975. And like I said, it's not as if he waited around. 
Pol Pot immediately executes over 800 of the government and military leaders right off the bat. Immediately. There was no, there was no grace period. Okay, you're all dead. It's amazing. Remember, we're going to talk, I think, next hour about why they sell you oppression. And it's going to come back to this, but hang on. Boom, 800 people dead. He obviously is in the capital city. He orders all the city dwellers. I don't mean one or two. He orders everyone to leave the city. Where are they going, you might ask? He is ordering everybody out to the countryside because the entire country, he believes, will be much better served if they're all farmers. Now picture this. This is, this is not 1275. You can picture this. This is 1975. Many of you listening to my voice right now were alive. You didn't know about it. You were alive while he was doing this. Picture a major American city. Someone taking over and at gunpoint emptying the city. Emptying the city also means things like emptying the hospitals. There wasn't empathy to go around. How did they get there? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Here's a gun in your face. Go get on the road and start walking. What about my mom? She's 80. Bam. She's not 80 anymore. Now she's gone. Oh, but I have three kids and a baby. Okay. Bam, bam, bam. Your whole family's dead. Anyone else have babies that can't make the trip? Remember those hospitals I talked about? Sick people, cancer, malaria, you name it. Get on your feet and start walking. Oh, you can't make it? We have a solution for that. And this is going to be ugly, but it is true. It was so monstrous. And obviously they were suffering from such poverty because not only... Not only did he just take over and they had all this war and it wasn't an extremely wealthy country anyway. They wanted to save money on bullets. And the things we're about to talk about today, these people who died, they beat them to death. With iron bars, with shovels, with bamboo sticks, men, women, Children, babies, they would just routinely beat people to death. 72 hours, they emptied a city out and marched people to the countryside. They estimate over, all these are estimates because their dead are so numerous and they buried so many. They estimate over 100,000 dead in the first 48 hours. 48 hours. Marching them out. They banned money right off the bat. So we're all farmers now. You see, this is the this is the society that he believes is right and just. There's no more money. There's no more Buddhism. Pol Pot had actually been a Buddhist monk or done like an internship at a Buddhist temple early as a child. Banned Buddhism. What's the penalty for money? Death. What's the penalty for Buddhism? Death. They banned doctors. He believed the universities, the educators, anybody urbanized was a poison 
that would prevent them from moving to a purely agrarian society. What was the penalty for that? Death. Beating people to death in the middle of the night. Oh, not just them either. Pol Pot was a man, as most dictators are, extremely worried about retribution. So whenever somebody got hunted down and killed, the whole family went too. Women, children, parents, brothers, sisters, everybody gone. He believed that dark-skinned people were the rural people. Those were the farmers. Those were the ones he wanted. Anybody with lighter skin was evil. Your skin was too light, dead, gone. He hated Muslims, gone, executed, beat to death. Who did he hate more than anybody else? Vietnamese people. And there were endless amounts of ethnic Vietnamese in Cambodia, as you can imagine, a country that shares a border like that. If you were a husband married to a Vietnamese woman, you were ordered to kill her. And then once you did that, they killed you. We're at a whole new level of evil now. He had a place. uh, I'm not even going to tell you how they killed some of the the babies and and kids. I, 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 I considered it. I was even considering it a couple seconds ago. It's too much. It's, it is too much. You can look it up if you want. I'm not doing that. It, it's, it's too much. It's really, it's terrible. He had a place called S21, Security 21, a former schoolhouse. If you'd like, not only can you look it up and see pictures of it online, if you ever visit Cambodia, which I'm sure it's probably a beautiful place, if you ever visit Cambodia, they have turned this place into a museum. And from what I understand, they are very direct about the things that happened there. And understand some of these terrible things I'm about to describe to you, they're not guesses. Not only did they happen there, but for some reason, again, it's very odd. Guys like Stalin and Mao would always destroy records and destroy histories of things. They didn't want a record of the things they were doing. Pol Pot was an odd duck. He recorded all of it, every single detail of it. What happened at S21? I'll tell you in a second. Plus, how you and I need to adjust our thinking in this day and age. Hang on. Oh, yeah, the sanitation, Reg. Remember what the city used to be like? Yeah, all right, I'll grant you the aqueduct and the sanitation are two things the Romans have done. And the roads. Well, yeah, obviously the roads. I mean, the roads go without sand, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct and the roads... Irrigation. Medicine. Education. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine. Yeah, yeah, that's something we've really missed, Reg, the Romans left. (laughs) Public baths. 
And it's safe to walk in the streets at night now, Reg. Yeah, they certainly know how to keep order. Let's face it, the only ones who could in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a fresh water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Brought peace? Oh, peace! Shut up! <laughs> that was from the life of Brian. Colonization. Uh, not that bad. All right, let's wrap up this dark tale. Look, it was getting so dark, and it's about to be darker, so I figured we needed just a touch of levity. We're getting ready. We're wrapping up Pol Pot here. It's, we can't take more than this on a Monday. <laughs> S21, Security 21. This is the, the converted schoolhouse. Wait till, wait till you hear. Wait till you hear, by the way, what Bill Gates had to say. Yes, that Bill Gates. I'll play it for you in just a minute. At S21, how it generally worked, there's a biography out there I highly recommend you read is by a, a survivor of the killing fields of, of what Pol Pot did. They would come pick you up, oftentimes at night, pick up you, pick up your family as well, drive you to S21. They would strip you down naked or to your underwear and search you. What were they searching you for? They were searching you for weapons. And I know what you're saying. Oh, oh, well, yeah, of course. They can't, I don't want you stabbing any of the guards or inmates. No, 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 no. The hottest commodity at S21 was a weapon of any kind, anything you could possibly use to kill yourself. This was a place that was so terrible. From what they can tell, 20,000 people died there. They think seven survived in total. This was what hell would look like in the human mind. They knew you were going to want to kill yourself. No matter how, no matter what your frame of mind was when you were in, very quickly you were going to try to kill yourself. And they had to strip you naked and make sure you didn't have anything on you that could allow you to do so. They strip you down. They would shackle you either to the floor of a cell or to an iron bar. You'd be shackled close to other inmates, but they made sure you slept with your heads in opposite directions, and you weren't allowed to speak to other inmates. They, they have testimony in there about the other inmates, especially the ones who'd been there for a few days, asking the new arrivals all the time, do you have anything that would allow me to kill myself on you? It was disease-ridden. They would hose you off every four days. But you didn't really have four days. Most people lived a maximum of, they guess, one to two months there. But within two to three days, the torture sessions would begin. How bad was that? Well, again, you can go look at some of the pictures. They still exist. This wasn't 1275. This is 1975. I'm going to tour this museum one day. But you can look at some pictures right now online. There's, there's still no substitute for standing there, though. So I'm going to go stand in it. Electric shock all over your body. They would heat up steel and burn you with it. 
They would hang you until you were almost dead and then drop you to the floor. Put plastic bags over your head. Cut you, although they tried not to cut you too much. Why? Because these sadistic freaks knew that you would get infected and die earlier and they wanted to be able to take their time with you. They would tear out your fingernails. They would drown you. Why were they doing all this? They wanted you to confess to anybody you knew who may also oppose Pol Pot and the great remaking of society they're busy doing. And why are you an enemy of it? I know you're an enemy of it. Who are the other enemies of it? And people would suffer so greatly they would name. How bad would you have to suffer to give the name of your own child or your own wife? That's how badly people would suffer in S21 such excruciating pain, they would give the name of everyone they knew just so it would stop before they die. It was the worst experience, one of the worst experiences I can find in human history. They had a medical experimentation team in there who would lay people down without anesthesia and remove your organs while you were alive. Pol Pot, a man in charge of a country. Do you want to know how many, what percentage of his country he murdered in four years? Four years. I'll tell you in a second. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One third to half of his country gone in four years. Four years. What happened at the end of that four years with Pol Pot? Vietnam, you see Pol Pot hated the Vietnamese, was always like invading there. Vietnam finally had enough of his crap and invaded and ousted him from power. He didn't die, though. He retreated to the Thailand border and again went back to living in the jungle. Eventually died in his sleep at the age of 73. Now, before I play you, 
this Bill Gates audio. And I have audio you have to hear. You have to listen to this guy's words. I'm going to read you two direct quotes from Pol Pot. Do you think monsters are all gone now? Do you think Pol Pot thought himself a monster? Hang on. Listen to this. Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.